Hello and welcome to another edition of the Somewhat Sports Podcast, episode 28. My name is John Dennis, and you can catch me overnight on 97.5 WPCB. Uh, joining me in studio for the first time in uh, in a little bit, John Williams, my co-host. <laughs> What's going on, man? It hasn't been that long. It, not as long as it has been for Bobby last week. We talked about that <laughs> yeah. uh, last week. Um, and I guess you guys are still beefing. Because he, he's not here this week. We just, uh, we just it's you and me and a special guest today. Uh, Dominique Williams. Yeah, Nick, what's going on, man? Nick Williams of Haines City. Yeah. Celebrity, man. That's right. Local oh, stop, celebrity, stop, stop, former stop, stop. Uh, men's basketball player for Florida Southern College, national champion. Oh, gotta, get out of here. Gotta do that. O- owner of the uh, Bigger Than Me uh, oh. LLC training and mentorship program. Okay. Yeah, I gotta give you the full the full Ooh. treatment here. That's what we do. Right. Yeah, that's right. Look at the standing ovation. Oh, I that's love right. It. So we were we were talking, doing a little bit of a, a show prep uh, before we started uh, doing the podcast, and we stumbled upon uh, a bit of an idea. And, and could you tell, uh, Neek, uh Could you tell the people exactly how we stumbled upon this idea? The game show idea. Well. The the I guess the the you, basically the game is called you know it sucks oh <laughs> and Ooh. and you were ta- you were telling me about not an experience that you'd had but something that you were kind of dreading yeah yeah you know you're I'm thinking about getting a haircut Saturday and I'm one who's very particular about who touches my hair naturally and um yeah you know I was just imagine I'm going to a new barber. And the worst thing I would want to hear him say, because obviously you can't see what he's doing. So, right. you know, he's just, he's cutting your hair and you hear a zzz and a up, you know. Oh, 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 oh. Man. You never want to hear that. Oh, no. There's a, there's a lot that can go wrong yeah, in that situation. Exactly. But there's also red flags that, <laughs> that let right. you know something was going wrong. Because honestly, like, oh, is like not something like someone says when they're doing something seriously. Like, no one's like, no one's like flying like a fighter jet and yeah, then like oh. accidentally like blows up a school <laughs> and says, oh, you know, it like tells you that there's not a whole lot of care being put into that haircut. Like, you, they've got to have some gravitas with like, if you make a mistake, like, I get it, right? Yeah. It's fine. But like saying, oh, Tells me like <laughs> you did not take this haircut seriously as yeah. seriously as you should have anyway. Yeah. So that kind of sparked this idea of a game that hopefully you know we'll play today, but hopefully we can kind of keep it going as we we think of more. And if you feel like uh, you have any entries into uh, into this, uh, I guess game that we're playing, uh, you can feel free to uh, send it uh, our way via Twitter at Somewhat Sports or Instagram uh, if you want to caption. Um, this week's uh, photo, I think we're gonna have a photo this week. Hasn't it's been a while since we've had a photo on on our Instagram page. But if you want to caption uh, or if you want to comment with uh, with your, uh, you know, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, feel free, and we'll get, we'll be sure to give you some credit uh, for that on uh, next week's podcast or you know whatever week it comes in. Respect, respect. So, um, but anyways, without further ado, let's get right into you know it sucks. <laughs> I'm excited, man. <laughs> Me too, John. You want to go first? I got one. So. Let's think about when we are in a setting somewhere where we're taking a test and mm-hmm. it's, it's nice and quiet or we are having a moment of silence. It's real quiet. Right. And all of a sudden your stomach just decides to do backflips and make every <laughs> type of noise in the world. <laughs> yeah. So you, you get the grumbling noise 
And the response after the grumbling noise is important. Because <laughs> either you can get ahead of what everybody else says and right. you can point it out right away uh-huh. and just say, oh, man, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to have PR for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you had that one person and like, oh, whoops, somebody's hungry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> like, Oops. <laughs> it could get pretty embarrassing for you, but that's something that's pretty annoying. And it's also uncomfortable for me right. when it's someone next to me that does it because I'm like, do I say anything? Is this like right. insert joke now? here? <laughs> <laughs> so, See, to me, it's never when I'm hungry. It's always when I got some like intestinal issues going on. <laughs> Yeah, maybe had uh, you know something that maybe didn't sit right with me earlier that day or the night before. That's that's when I get those grumbling noises. Is the I think it's your stomach just saying like it's too quiet in here. I need to like liven things up. The party starter. Yeah, that's gonna that's right. kick, they're gonna kick out of this. One. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Do you have a do you have one, Neek? Do you know what sucks? Oh, whoa, whoa! But you got a phrase like you, you know what sucks. That's how you got you got to start it like that. You know what sucks. <laughs> That would grind my gears. How's yeah. that sound? You know what really grinds my gears? When you're traveling in the right lane, okay, no, I'm going to switch that. When you're traveling in the left lane, it really doesn't matter what lane, and you're trying to pass someone, there's a car in front of you, and there's a car beside you. The car will not let you pass. The car will speed up to drive alongside of that car, right. but the car will not let you pass. Who are you mad at? Left lane driver or the right lane driver playing with you? You gotta be you gotta be mad at the left lane driver. Yeah, because well, unless you're going that's the like, passing lane. That's yeah. yeah. If that guy's just sitting there, just twiddling his thumbs, right. you know, jamming out to whatever uh, Taylor Swift he's listening to, <laughs> you know, that's that's the guy you gotta be mad at because he he needs to get the heck out of that lane. Yeah, there's there's always that that case when you're like you're stuck in traffic and you mm. don't know why there's no accidents ahead yes. and then you get to like a point on the on the highway where you can kind of see the turn and you can see all the traffic ahead of you and you realize there's this one guy with a bunch of cars and a bunch of space in front mm. of them mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. unless you're going like 80 or 90 in the left lane they should have the courtesy to move over but you can't right. be mad at the middle lane for no for going and maintaining yeah. a certain speed <laughs> well since you went there what about if they're in the left lane, you're in the left lane, you get over to pass because you see traffic coming up in the right lane, yeah. and then they speed up. Oh. That's, yeah, that's always the worst, oh, that's too. personal Ooh. after yeah. that. <laughs> it's a break check time. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's always when you're in a hurry, too, right? Like, it's never when you got, like, it's a lazy Sunday drive. Oh, I'll get there when I get there. No, it's always <laughs> like, you know, I'm 20 minutes late for work. You got to get the heck out of the way. But, no, they sit you know, there. The it's like they're conspiring. Or, the worst is when it's two, uh, two semi-trucks. Oh. Because then, like, you're not going Anywhere. Happened to me this morning before work. Mm-hmm. I don't, yep. Are they even allowed in the left lane? Oh, in this, some parts, yeah. In some parts, some highways, you know, like on the turnpike, they're not allowed to be in the left hand lane in certain sections. Yeah. Um, but I think on I four, there aren't any restrictions for most. Well, of I won't, I, I won't snitch and tell everybody where he was, but I was very <laughs> upset on my way to work this morning because I was late. Mm-hmm. Like you relate to the podcast, then. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, you know what sucks. <laughs> Uh, so we, uh, do we, <laughs> you know, it sucks. I'll tell you when you, uh, you go to pour yourself a bowl of cereal okay. and you're ready. Like, I mean, sometimes like a good bowl is like, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm very much like a little kid cereal person. I'm not, I'm not on that Kashi going crunch kick. I don't do special K. Okay. Smart start. All that can get the heck out of here. Okay, it's always like I, the other day I bought fra, Frosted Flake Lucky Charms because I am 
13 and I'm proud of it. Is that, is that what they're doing now? Yeah, yeah, they just did it. The collabs on the cereal? No, it's not a collab. Oh, it's just... not a collab. It's because um, I can't remember. So um, Lucky Charms is a General Mills brand and Frosted Flakes is a Kellogg's brand. And I can't remember exactly what like the crossover was, but Kellogg's took one of General Mills's like ideas mm-hmm. for cereal and like added like, you know, I can't remember exactly what it was to their cereal. Right. And so as like in retaliation, uh, General Mills like, okay, well, we're going to add Frosted Flakes to our Lucky Charms. And how about that? And it was like this whole big thing. Anyways, the worst. This, you know, it sucks. It's when you pour some cereal, you're excited to go to town on some cereal and you realize either A, the milk is expired or B, there is no milk. And if you've got roommates or if you've got a significant other that you live with, you know the struggle where like you're ready to pour some milk in there and there's like just like a little, like maybe like a teaspoon that's like coating like the bottom of yeah. the carton and there's nothing left in there. It is the worst. Listen, that's just poor planning by you. No, let's see. I shouldn't have to like go in and shake because the thing is I, we drink almond milk in my household. Okay. <laughs> because we, you know, I, not, I'm not against dairy, but my girlfriend's a vegan. I so think we all do though, right? You drink, you drink almond milk? We, we working on it. We haven't drank, we, we haven't really messed with milk in a while. Well, okay, so but I don't think anybody drinks regular milk. Anymore. No, no, we're not banging with people, that. People, look, you can't say no one drinks regular. No, no, milk I anymore. mean in this in this room. No, okay, I was room. gonna say, but like, so, but you know the struggle then because it it doesn't usually come in like the the translucent containers. It comes in like a carton that you can't see through. Yeah. So you see it in there, and you think like last I checked, there was plenty of milk. But apparently, someone else in the house had three bowls of cereal last night because there is no more milk left. Yeah, they didn't tell you <laughs> exactly, or like there's like just enough to like not justify throwing it away that's like leaving two end slices yeah of bread it's like throw hey, the whole bread fr- away hey that's french toast right there no it's, it's disrespectful the the i it like is. the end slices but, I, but the- I, I, don't, I don't want two of them <laughs> i want to make my sandwich with two the, the only thing that i you could justify making with two end slices of bread is a grilled cheese in my opinion maybe french toast Good. okay but that's it and you have to like flip them inside out yeah i'm not i'm using like the butt end to be the inside <laughs> with the cheese so what's so what's your game plan when the when you realize there's no milk? I hope you don't pour it on there and then realize it once you start pouring. Well, that has happened to me before, <laughs> where you pour expired milk on there, you're like, oh my goodness, I just poured expired milk on this because it smells weird, and you're like, this is the worst. Yeah. But there have been instances where like I'll do let's do like you know I'll have you know whatever that small teaspoon of coating on the bottom of it, and I'll just like. It's already in the bowl. I'm not gonna pour it back into the box. I know nobody. So, I don't think I've ever poured this. No, why the heck? I just. I would rather just like get as much moisture on it as possible yeah. with like the little amount of almond milk that I have, and just eat it like dry. I mean, <laughs> it's not. There's worse things in the world, but it does suck. Does anyone else have a? You know what sucks? Oh, yeah. I got. Go ahead. No, you go. Uh, you know what sucks? Uh, medical charges. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not trying to get that serious. Man. What, what, <laughs> no, no, no. Explain. explain. Hey, this, yeah. this is big because I understand because I don't like spending money either. But like, you know, yeah. But we th- there's a difference. So like, we we get to a point where let's say your throat starts to itch a little bit. You know, right. a cold is coming. You mm-hmm. know, you're getting sick. Right. So you want to be proactive. You want to say, look, let me get ahead of this. Let me be proactive and take precautions, see what's wrong before it gets worse. Right. The problem with that is when you call up your doctor, 
there's fees associated with that. You go in, there's a co-payment. <laughs> right. You, you go to urgent care, a, you're paying $70 right, or whatever Right. It is. For, yeah. for someone to tell you, hey, what you Googled on WebMD is, is most likely right. <laughs> go go spend some more money and buy these antibiotics that I only <laughs> prescribe to you. Yeah. So I had an instance where my throat was getting sore and I was like, let me utilize this this tool that we have where you can video conference the the doctor and they can um they can analyze what what's wrong with you and tell you if you need antibiotics right. or anything. Save you a trip to the to the actual Right. Doctor. And you take pictures and everything and then they talk to you about it. So I'm on the I'm on the chat with the guy and he's like he's like, So tell me how you're feeling. I'm like, Well, it it doesn't hurt too much. I don't have a fever or anything. I think I just need some type of uh antibiotics prescribed to me. He's like, Well, you know what? What you're describing to me, it sounds like you just need some salt water and some Advil. It's <laughs> a little gargle on the salt water. Yeah, just that's, that was the official like, prescription. So now, so now the conversation we're having, I think we're cool because he's asking me about my day and stuff. I'm like, there's no way he's charging me for this. He just told me to gargle salt water. Yeah, and take a take so, an Advil. <laughs> he's like, so he he like kind of like the whole conversation. He just dismisses it as like this isn't a big deal. So at the end, he hangs up, and I go. Probably should have asked him, is he really going to charge me for this? <laughs> and sure enough, as soon as the call ended, I look at my bank account and there's $45 pending for a consultation fees. So that's what that's what bothers me about stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you get you get simple advice like that. I feel like you should just let that yeah. slide and take I it agree. as like a I agree. Or at least yeah. give me like a discount on like don't charge the full copay for <laughs> yeah. that. If you're just telling me like, you know, oh yeah, just rub some dirt in it. Like I'm, I'm like, like I, yeah. sh- I should have asked you more stuff. Yeah. I should have asked you about like life advice. <laughs> I, yeah, like, exactly. I, my knee's been bothering me too. Could yeah, you yeah. <laughs> Well well check this out, John. I got one up. Caden was first born. My uh, my son just turned one. But when we uh, first brought him home from the hospital, we decided to chop his little Freddy Krueger claws off. So as <laughs> my wife get long, is, yeah. yeah, very long and they're very sharp, very sturdy, if I might add. Uh, she's clipping his fingernails. He's kind of jerking because he's sleeping. And um, gets to the ring finger, and he jerks, and she clips the front part of his finger. So now his finger's bleeding. And I go into a panic, and um, natural. Where, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, your baby's man. bleeding. I I you didn't figure out where your warranty papers are. So you can <laughs> take back to a hospital get a new baby. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, man. Who, who baby? Who yeah. baby? Yeah. I, I I'm sorry. This, this one's broken. Good job. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just like, all right, babe. Put pressure on it. Put pressure on it. So I was about you know a couple of minutes of off and on pressure. It's it's, it's not slowing down. So after about a solid ten minutes. I'm like, all right, we got to go to the hospital. Don't laugh. Yeah, I panicked. We went to the hospital because he had a he had a little cut on his finger. So what? But um, I was bleeding a lot. It it, was, yeah. it, I mean, it was ten minutes of solid, you know, dark red. Right. So we get to the hospital. You know, we check in. We're probably waiting like five ten minutes, and then we go into the uh, room. The doctor walks in within five minutes, and as she takes the gauze pad off, it's not bleeding anymore. <laughs> oh no! So she's like, oh. Well, problem uh, solved. Yeah, oh, it's not bleeding anymore. I'm like, like, I'm like, so you gonna put anything on it? No, not nothing. She's like, nope. You guys just go home. Hundred dollar bill in the mail. A hundred dollars. I kid you not. I kid you not. That's ridiculous. She didn't even. She barely touched him. Yeah. She just looked and said, "Oh." I don't even yeah. think she touched him. She just pulled the thing off his finger. And they wonder why people are so scared of the doctor. Yeah, oh, man, it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So I've got uh, another, you know what sucks for you. 
You know what sucks? Let's hear it. <laughs> Those people who, when they use toothpaste, they squeeze it from the middle. Ooh, they choke it. Yeah. <laughs> like right in the, like, what kind of frustration you have that you're just grabbing the whole toothpaste? You just, you're supposed to gently push it up from the bottom. That's the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> what kind, it's not what common kind, knowledge. What kind, what kind of, of mindset will, yeah. make you, will make you put the toothpaste on like that? Like what? It has to be very uncomfortable. I have big hands. <laughs> I cannot imagine putting the toothpaste on. I will squeeze the whole tube out. No kidding. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, the, like, I, I think you mentioned this when we were talking about this in pre-production. Those people who like they squeeze the toothpaste and then they leave it on the outside of the toothpaste uh, dispenser, and they and just close the cap close and say, "Like, it. all right, that's fine." <laughs> it's like it's bright blue. Do you think no one's gonna notice all this toothpaste on there? It's like it's like glue trying to pull yeah. the top off now. Oh man. The the worst is when they squeeze it a lot. They squeeze it so much that it starts to like rip. In the like the middle of the of the two. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Because if you if you bend it enough, it'll start yep. to start to rip. In right, because it's meant to be squeezed from the bottom. Nah, I like don't let it get that far. Civilized society. I fixed that the first night. <laughs> you need to start teaching that <laughs> no. in kindergarten. Man. Well, if no one else has one, I really have one that I have to get off my chest now. All right. You know what sucks? You know, I got I really got to take it there. Um, so you know we're all, we're all adults here. I'm I'm assuming. So when you go to the bathroom to relieve yourself, some people call it uh dropping your kids off at the pool. That's a right. pro- proper one for me. Hey, I love it. It's very very discreet, kinda taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. But you really got to go. Your stomach is bubbling. You got that knot. It curls you up. You get to the bathroom. You're doing the I gotta go dance, and you're laying the toilet paper down because you really can't just you know nah you can't do that in you know public bathrooms. But you're laying the toilet paper down. You get to the last one or maybe even midway through and a piece of toilet paper falls into the toilet and pulls everything down with it. Because mm. <laughs> 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 then you got to start over from scratch. And at that point, you are in danger. Call now you start sweating because you're that you already <laughs> spent all that time. Right. And you're Take wor- that deep breath. Right. And, and you're you worried t- for your pants. Yeah. You timed it so when that last, that last piece hits, you can just oh. sit right down and get to work. Now, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll tell you, and this is all right. So, I have a question for you, okay? And this is going to get a little personal. When you're going to the bathroom, public bathroom, right? And you're going and you're putting the, the paper down on the on the toilet seat, right? Because no one else here is a bare butt, right? No, no, all no, right. I don't, no. So, everyone's putting the toilet paper down. Now, do you take your pants off before you put the paper down or after you put the paper down? After. No. Yeah, I take I take my pants down after. After. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't just be standing there. <laughs> I do it before. No, nah, I, I, I do can't. it before it's because ne- it's never that that serious. No, see, that's the thing. If I pull them down, if I'm, it's coming out. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, what's your <laughs> your butt knows what time it is. Yeah, once, yeah. The, once the air hits it, that's like all right, it's built up. My, my pants are more motivation yeah. for me to keep it in. Yeah, the pants are like the switch. Like you, you, you don't just pull them down until mm-hmm. you're ready to go. Maybe, maybe I should rethink the order of operations here because <laughs> usually I, I I pull them down so that way, like as soon as because I don't want to risk the possibility <laughs> oh, of gosh. with like that wind turbulence you get from like turning around to take your pants off, the toilet paper falling back into the water. <laughs> yeah. That's happened before. I you turn around. Limit your move, movements. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be real delicate, I guess. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> to avoid that, I pull the pants down first, then put the toilet paper down. Right. Right? Okay. So that way I could just go sit right away and have to worry about the paper dropping back into the water. That's that's risky. It is. I mean, crazy. <laughs> I look I look real dumb in a public bathroom with my pants around my ankles waiting, putting that, uh, I putting mean, that toilet paper down. Imagine but, that in my approach. Like, I do the dance. Like, ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but imagine if I were to pull my pants down first. Yeah, I'm that would dancing. look kind of silly. Uh, uh, nah, nah, I can't That's do that. That's true. Nah. <laughs> That's fair. So I have another uh, in the same vein. Uh, you know what sucks? What sucks? Poseidon's kiss. Ooh, if you don't know what, what Poseidon's that? kiss is, it's when you're going number two. Okay. In the bathroom. Oh, Ooh. still on this. I would really hope you're in the bathroom. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So you go number two, and the sheer velocity of what's going on, a volcano, brings the water uh, back up in uh, the direction of your body. The cold, cold yeah. world. And at that point, I mean, my cheeks are spread. <laughs> you go to the stand Without getting oh. too graphic here. Right? And sometimes that water hits it just right where it just goes straight up. Yeah, and they call that Poseidon's kiss. Hop up a little bit. Whoa. Right. What's this? <laughs> just treat it like a, uh, what's that toilet called? A, a bidet? A bidet? A bidet. Yeah. No. That's, like that's a, a real dirty bidet. bidet. No. Yeah. That water is not clean. At least the bidet water is coming straight out the faucet. <laughs> he got this. That is not. That is dirt, that is dirty water. Because like, like it's not week. as bad. It's not as bad in your own house. Besides kissing your own house is you know it's it's not doesn't feel good. But at least you know who's been there, right? Hopefully, you know, this, you know how often you flush the toilet. <laughs> you oh, know how fl- often it's clean. I flush it as soon as it as soon as like the water stops running. I constantly flush. Really, I do that. Yeah. You obviously don't pay for your water bill. Yo, yeah, yo, yo, water got to be included. It doesn't change you too much. You don't have to tell me. If you, yeah, well, right. technically, I've always been doing it, so I never knew right. what the yeah, difference exactly. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> but there's a way to prevent what you're talking about, right? There is. So a lot of times, uh, you can put some toilet paper down if you're in a public restroom. If they have those, uh, this is a little pro tip for you. Ooh, pro tip. If you're uh, if you're in a public restroom and they have one of those like seat covers, little doilies, right? Uh-huh. Doily. They obviously don't always fit the toilet seat correctly. Yeah. So you got to like augment the situation with toilet paper in the in the bare spots. So you got your your booty don't touch that cold yeah. cold toilet. It's the worst. <laughs> Anyways, but you what you do is you t- instead of just tearing off the the tip of it of like where the you know like where the bowl is supposed to be where, right. where you know the little flap yeah little exactly yeah the tongue <laughs> right instead of taking the first little bit off so it just drops down you take the whole thing off you rip it from you know from front to back all the way and you put that little uh you know segment in the bowl yeah and so it's like a nice little like a hammock yeah, kind of. See, here's the here's the problem <laughs> with everything. Okay, when you go to a public place that has automatic toilets, Ooh. oh yeah, hey, you jump oh, that in there goodness. and turn around for a second <laughs> to do anything, <laughs> or you turn around to sit down. And- <laughs> That's that's another one for you know what sucks is when you're not ready yet and that yeah. thing just keeps flushing on you're you. Like, listen, I just prepared this whole toilet bowl and you're gonna <laughs> flush. I haven't yeah. moved yet. What are you doing? And don't and don't get me wrong. I would rather have a toilet that's high powered in a public restroom that makes sure everything is out of the bowl. Yeah. Between uh, customers, if you will. Yeah. But it's always so violent. I know. Like the automatic ones are always so so. 
powerful. <laughs> and it sucks the tissue you already yeah. had laying there. Yeah, it's like Blizzard Beach in that thing, <laughs> right? And God forbid, have you ever like have you ever accidentally set off the automatic uh, toilet when you're like after you put the paper down, but before you sit down? Yeah, and you notice like there's like just like water flecks that just come up all over the toilet paper, and I'm like, man, this is all toilet water. I'm gonna sit on. I I redo the whole thing. By you the way. have to. Yeah, I redo it. But I then like, it could happen again. So you got yeah, you got to sit down right away. But then you sit down right away, and if it does it again, then it's just like it's 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 a forced Poseidon's kiss at that point. <laughs> it's like Poseidon's hashtag me too because I did not like that at all. <laughs> not one bit. Anyways, do we have any other ones we can get off the toilet humor for a second? Hey. Uh, I think, I, think I could I'm probably good. go all night, but you know, hey. Oof. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know what sucks? <laughs> Did you see that NBA.com put out a all decades list for uh for the twenty tens now that of course the twenty nineteen basketball season is officially over? How bad was it? It was terrible. <sighs> now, obviously, the first team there's not a whole lot you can argue with with the first team. You could move some stuff around here and there, but I'll give you the I'll give you the list here. This is according to a bunch of uh, NBA.com people, uh, writers, and yada 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 analysts. Mm. So it looks it? like complex sports and NBA.com. Yeah. Um. So they had for the NBA first team. So they, the way they decided it was they had two backcourt players and three frontcourt players. Right. Makes sense. Um. So first team. Steph, Steph Curry, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi, which I thought was interesting, and James Harden, which I also find kind of interesting because James Harden doesn't play defense. But <laughs> I will say he did. He's, he is a good scorer, and Kawhi I can see because obviously you know he's really come on you know between this past year and then he obviously was a Finals MVP. Uh, during that, you know, Spurs team, he was the best player on that Spurs team when they were making those finals runs uh, against the Heat in thirteen and fourteen. Um, but I think there's a little bit of recency bias there with Kawhi. He's, I would say, he's one of the best players in the NBA right now, probably the the best player right now in the NBA. But it's the last year of the 2010s. Do you really? I mean, so I'll give you, I'll give you the second team. The second team is good, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's I think the third team is even better than the second team. But second team is uh, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, uh, Carmelo Anthony, which I thought was ridiculous, and Blake Griffin, which also you know I, I'm I could do without Blake Griffin on this list. Uh, and then third team: Lamarcus Aldridge, D Wade, Kobe, Giannis, and Paul George. I think people got to remember that this is. This decade, though, so the 2010s. Right. Obviously, like, you know, D-Wade and Kobe had some really good years in the 2000s before, you know, 2010. But mm-hmm. they did start off the 2010 campaign pretty pretty strong. Right. Uh, Dwayne Wade obviously had a really good uh, 2010 and 2011 and 2012. Uh, 2013, it was okay. Um, yeah, but the, you can argue that the Heat wouldn't have gone to any of those finals without, uh, or at least won either of those two finals without Dwayne Wade. Right. Um. Obviously, you know, towards the end, he was a little, he, he took a step back, wasn't as dominant as he had been. But I, I think you should make the case for Dwayne Wade at least being in the second team. I think that's him not being, I, I would put him ahead of Russell Westbrook for the 2010s. I would definitely put him above uh, Chris Paul. I would do a swap with those two. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, even with Kobe, I would still put, I mean, even Kobe, even though Kobe retired in 2016 mm-hmm. um, and had a lot of injury problems in the early 2010s, he also was first team all pro 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013. And he was the finals MVP in 2010, right? And obviously, you know, he missed the latter half of the, you know, of the 2010s. But what did CP3 win? What did Russell Westbrook win? Yeah, but I th- I think the argument with 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 them and with Kobe for for this for this argument is that Kobe for most of those 2010s he was either injured or the Lakers weren't that good of a team. Right. I think these other guys who are on the second as uh, Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul, they all had decent teams to fall back on. Yeah. So I think that's what helps their argument during this decade. I mean, and and Russell Westbrook did win uh, an NBA MVP during this time period. Right. But CP3 didn't. I don't know why he's on the second team. I mean, you could make a case for Chris Paul being a top, latter half of the top five, I would say, point guard in NBA history. Right? But... At the same time, his teams didn't do anything. Like, if you were put him like in the top five, it would be fifth, right? Of of when of all time time period of all time, yeah. Chris Paul, point guards, yeah. Who are you putting ahead of Chris Paul? Steph. Okay. Um, Magic. Oh, he's. I don't think he's top five. You don't think Magic's top five? No, no, Chris Paul's top five. Chris Paul. Um, Nick, what do you think? I, while, while I'm sitting here looking at a at some top five lists, can you name four better than him or five better than him? Point guards, Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. I like. There's Big O, obviously. See, I'm not even going to go back that far because I I wasn't old enough to watch that. But no, I mean either. But I like, like, I mean, but everyone who like knows basketball, who's oh watched basketball gosh. for a long time, will say that Oscar Robertson uh, was. A top five point guard, John Stockton. Also, a, I'm know, thinking. Older you man. know, I can throw Steve Nash out there. Like, you think Nash, Steve Nash had a better Nash, career than Nash was? I want. He did I, win I an MVP. Say be, better, better career. But it, all right. So if we're talking about career. I'll, I'll, I won't. You know, dive into that. But as far as like gameplay, mm-hmm. you know, I like a Steve Nash over Chris Paul. Okay. And you know that's that's just the first you know name that came up. Trying to go back as far as the point guards that I have you know really really seen play when I started to understand basketball. But I, I really like Steve Nash. I'm not saying I would put him in the top five category, but so all right, I'm looking here at the the top ten point guards ever according to ESPN.com. There's Magic, number one, Oscar Robertson, number two, John Stockton, three, Steph Curry, four. And Isaiah Thomas five, Chris Paul is uh, sixth. Steve Nash comes in at seven, by the way. So, what about maybe not top five, but like around that area? Like you can make a case for him being like five or six, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. That being said, though, I there's so much guard talent that's you know been in the NBA over the last ten years that even if you are you know, top five, top six point guard all time. I don't know if that's enough to get you past certain players. And it, it kind of depends on what kind of point guard you want to. Because you got Westbrook, 
you know, Steph Curry who are scoring guards, but then like Jason right. Kidd, you know, like But that that was two thousands though for the decade team. Well, okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah, point, yeah, it, it would be yeah, it would be twenty ten to twenty nineteen. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I don't know. I mean I just I think Dwayne Wade's getting a little disrespected here. I think that when it comes to Kobe Bryant, I can see him maybe being third team just because, you know, he missed a lot of time during the times he did play. He played pretty well, even even after he had his Achilles tear and all that. He he had some games that were that were decent. I wouldn't say he was, you know, the Kobe Bryant of, you know, prime days, but he was he was good. Right. He should definitely be on that list. Yeah. But when you look at like, I don't know, man. I'm looking at it, and I just, I just feel bad putting Russell Westbrook ahead of Dwayne Wade. Like, I, and I know I'm a Dwayne Wade homer, but like, yeah, Russell of, Westbrook, he's athletic as all heck, and I know he won an NBA NBA MVP, which Dwayne Wade has not won an NBA MVP. But he averaged a triple double also. Yeah, and this is this decade, right? But Dwayne Wade had. I think his his best case for an uh, an MVP caliber season was in two thousand nine. Dwayne Wade, that's when the year I think he won the scoring title, but he lost it out to, uh, to I think it was Steve Nash that year. Um, but that being said, he was still so dominant, and he took a backseat to LeBron James during that earlier, you know, during that big three era. And to me, he got penalized for it when he really shouldn't have been in my opinion. So I would move him up to the second team. I would take Russell Westbrook and move him maybe to the third team. I'm not entirely convinced that James Harden should be in the first team, but... We're not even talking about Melo and Blake Griffin being on the second team. I know. That to me... That, so <laughs> I wanted to start off with, you know, the first thing, which was the Dwayne Wade homerism, of course. <laughs> but having Melo and Blake Griffin on the second team, that to me just says, like, they needed people to be in that backcourt. Means they're lacking in the forward or department. the front court, rather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I don't see how Melo is making second team. No, barely third. Like, because that's the thing. I mean, I understand that he was an elite scorer for a long time, not only with with the Nuggets, but also uh, with the Knicks for 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 a period of time, right? And obviously, his exit from the NBA hasn't been as as graceful as he. Would have hoped. I know he watched his uh, his redemption tour, his uh, his Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, final curtain call uh, moment. But he wasn't that good. Yeah, he wasn't that good. And for and that's that's the thing that drives me crazy is that people talk about how Carmelo Anthony doesn't deserve this whole you know uh, one last dance kind of thing. But then they're going to sit here and put Dwayne Wade third team and put Melo second team. <laughs> well, Mel- Melo says this isn't a, a last dance. He's like, I don't know where people got that from. I never said that. Okay. Well, maybe I, my information is out of date. But from what I heard, is it's basically he got the the Paul Pierce, uh, they don't love you like that uh, treatment. And that's why he's like not getting the. No, he's he's mad because he's like, I could still play. And mm-hmm. people are saying, oh, this is go- he's going into his last year, but nobody's picking him up. So they're kind of like writing him off. And he's right. saying, I'm not even close to being done. <laughs> like, what are you? I mean, he about? can say he's not close to being done. I'm just but... going to start it, baby. 
I mean, would you rather have Vince Carter on your team or would you rather have Carmelo Anthony on your team? No, I would rather have I'd rather have Melo. Yeah, you think I, so? I, I think I'm going Melo. Yeah, he could. Is it because still... just the the elite scoring? Because I mean, Vince Carter's still putting in quality minutes. I mean, he's not Vince Carter of old, obviously. But it depends on the team I have. If okay, I have well, he just champion, signed, he just signed with Atlanta. If I have a championship caliber team, I might have to take Vince. He's a vet. You know, he's you know he's 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 been playing a while. Right. You know, but if I'm uh, you know, dang, that that sounds bad. If I need some players, so I, I won't say it because I like Melo. But you know, <laughs> Melo is just—I can't say it. No, nah, I'm not. His defense say it. was never See, that good, and he's now older and slower than he used to be, and doesn't score as well. But I—I I would kind of think of it as like the opposite. Like if I have a championship team, I probably want Melo as an addition, like a plus one. Like we also have Melo, and then I would—if if I had a team that was developing, I would want Vince Carter on there mm-hmm. to kind of mentor the young guys and make sure that we're heading. In the right direction, because if I have Melo on that young team, he's gonna be like, "I'm better than all these guys. Like, I okay. need to be scoring, and that's gonna be a problem." So, right. Instead of letting the younger guys develop, right, he's gonna be like, "Listen, I've been around the block, and yeah. I know what to do." Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't doubt that Melo is better than like, you know, the like twelfth and thirteenth guys like on a on an NBA roster, but Melo's on the decline, and some of these guys still have some upward potential. So, yeah. I would, would you say it's because Melo thinks like extremely highly of himself and the league is just like, nah, you're not that good anymore? But like, we know he can still play, but he's just asking for more than what they're well, the offering. Well, there was like a whole uh, story. And again, like, I don't know if, if Carmelo has, you know, def- uh, refuted these claims or not. Mm-hmm. But there was this whole thing where, like, it was like, oh, like, will Carmelo Anthony take a bench roll? And, like, Carmelo's like, I'm not going to take a bench roll. So, his, so I think when he spoke to Stephen A., his argument was, we had, I've had conversations with my coach and mm-hmm. I've asked him, you know, do you want me to do so and so? And he said it was never discussed that, um, that he would be coming off the bench. So he said, right. He so said they just made the assumption for him that he wasn't right, and then the media were, were the ones who like basically said he wasn't coming off the bench. But even though he did say it in a few, like he laughed about the idea of coming off the bench, but he's like, who, who, who wouldn't want to? Who would just say I'm fine with coming off the bench? But I guess he put more of the blame on like the coaches for not, you know, taking a stand and saying, hey, this is going to be your role. But he said he actively went out and said, hey, what type of role do you need me to be on this team? I don't know if he's lying to just mm. to just save face. Maybe he wants to be camera. on that USA basketball team again. That's what he's trying to do. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I guess, guess PR uh, for Team Melo camp. I don't know. It's tough, it's, man. The, I maybe the reason why he's not getting picked up is just because I don't think anybody thinks he fits on 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 their team. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, when you look at, I mean, and I'm gonna go. I, I always use this as my fallback because this, you know, I I, I don't think I ever paid attention to basketball more intensely than I did during the big three era, obviously because I'm a Heat fan and we had the best player in the world at the time. But if he were to come back and be like kind of how Ray Allen was on those teams where like, you're not going to expect a lot of him defensively, but if you need to go out and get a bucket, just have like another option offensively, you know, maybe play a little zone, see if you can hide him a little bit, you know, depending on what the other lineup looks like, you know, because I mean, like I said, the Heat won a championship, not just, you know, not in spite of Ray Allen, but because of Ray Allen in a lot of ways, you right. know, 
Um, now, I'm not going to say that Carmelo Anthony is as elite of a shooter as Ray Allen was, you know, but that's usually the last thing that goes in a basketball player is is their shot. You know, they now they, they may not be able to beat you to a spot anymore on defense, or they may not be able to you know uh, you know take it to to the to the hoop as as efficiently as they could before, or with as, as much grace as they could before. But the outside shooting and the mid range shot usually stays, even if you're not you know uh, as athletic as you used to be. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> do you do you think he wants to play that spot? I mean, play that role. I think depending on on the team. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's that's the thing that I don't know how much Carmelo Anthony's like legacy and like the mythology surrounding Carmelo Anthony, how much of it is true and how much of it is getting in the way of him finding another job. Because I, I'm just coming at it from like what the reports that I've heard. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've never talked to Carmelo Anthony, you know, directly, big surprise. But all the reports that I've heard and like the whole mythology around him is almost like, you know, kind of the same way Kobe was, where like, you know, no one thought that Kobe was passing ever. Like, there's a whole meme about how Kobe never passed the ball. Yeah. You know, there's pictures. Like, I don't know. If it's one of my favorite pictures on the internet. It's like <laughs> what, uh, what actually, what everyone sees, right? And it's Kobe surrounded by like all his teammates and like whatever. And like, and then what Kobe sees and like it's everyone on the court is like wearing the opposite of the team's jerseys, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's funny, you know, but, it, but everyone like realizes how amazing Kobe was at the time. So there's no, you know, people like laugh it off. Like, oh, it's just Kobe, right? Yeah. But with Carmelo, because he left the team he was, you know, with for a long time with, with Denver, as soon as, they, they, as soon as he had the opportunity to leave in free agency, he went to New York, right? Mm-hmm. And he, New York had a very love-hate relationship with Carmelo. And so he wasn't getting like that sweetheart deal that Kobe got at the end of his career. You know what I'm saying? And there's no there's no like franchise allegiance really that Carmelo has that Kobe did because Kobe did a lot for the Lakers, won on championships, yeah, you know. He won. And Carmelo didn't really win anywhere. Right. You know? And not that he didn't try, but I think that if you take Kobe's rings away, you know, and you give him the same moniker, a lot of it is just it's just Carmelo. That's probably what of, it is, because you brought up Ray Allen. And we forget, well, we don't forget, but we know before he went to the Heat, he was on that Celtics team that did pretty well. So Exactly. I think that solidifies your your reputation once you once you get one under your belt. Right. And Melo doesn't have that. Exactly. So that being said, though, I don't think he deserves to be on the second team here. I think that, okay, I know what you're thinking, Mr. <laughs> or Mrs. Podcast Listener. John is going to point out another Miami Heat player. <laughs> and it's because he's got the Homer glasses on. But Chris Bosh deserves consideration for that second all-team spot, all-decade. Are you kidding me? When he was at the Raptors, I don't remember how exactly how much he averaged in, in 2010. But the dude was steady averaging over 20 points and over 10 rebounds a game. Yeah. You know, once he got into his prime with, with Toronto. You know? And he took a backseat to... Dwayne Wade and LeBron James throughout the early 2010s, obviously 2011 to 2014. And his stats suffered because of it, but no one thought that Chris Bosh was a worse player. They just right. thought they're not using Chris Bosh to be, you know, the focal point of that offense. He's there to be a third option on that team. He wasn't he wasn't Toronto Chris Bosh. Exactly. Not because the skill wasn't there, but because when you have LeBron James and Dwayne Wade on your team, you default to those guys because right. those guys were incredible. And still are, you know, 
well, at least LeBron is still really good. Dwayne Wade, not bad, <laughs> but you know, he's definitely taking a step back. That being said, though, Chris Bosch, when you, you saw Dwayne Wade and, or sorry, when you saw uh, LeBron James leave that team and it was just Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch, that team was really good. And then Dwayne Wade left and Chris Bosch was still there and he's still really, really good. Right. You know? And if it wasn't for the fact that he had his uh, blood clot issues in um, 2016 and 2017, 2016 I think was the last year that he made the uh, the All Star roster. Um, but it wasn't because he couldn't play, like from a skill standpoint. It was because he couldn't play from a health standpoint. And it wasn't even like he's got bum knees. He just had blood clots. You right. know, the skill was there. And that and there's no way you cannot tell me that Chris Bosh's game could not fit in today's NBA. He would for be. Sure. A perennial. He'd still be an all-star today, in my opinion. I think he shaped the way 100%. forwards play now. And I can only think of two during this decade that are better than him. And that would be Tim Duncan and um, who's the other one? I remember he was. LaMarcus he, Aldridge? I remember he was yeah. like criticized for playing playing that game, like mm. shooting oh. shooting the three and shooting the pull exactly. up. Exactly. Like, oh, get down the post. Right. And then all and of a now, sudden now it's like, oh, everyone, wow, transcending yep, the game. Yeah. 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 100%. Anthony Davis would be the other one. That yeah, would, yeah, yeah. Probably. But. Right. But to me, I mean, Chris Bosh and his his skill set, in no small part, in my opinion, changed the way the NBA plays basketball. When Eric Spolster told him, hey, do me a favor. Take like three steps back real quick. Yeah. <laughs> let me just see something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me just see something. And he said those corner threes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was a sight to see. First off, watching a guy that big stroke it from that deep is ridiculous. Yeah. To me. But he changed the way that we play basketball today. And if you don't think that's worthy of being in the second team or even third team All-NBA for this last decade, get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, I think this whoever made this list is really taking into account like injuries. Like That's a huge penalty. And not only that, but also like just looking at numbers and stats as opposed to like the effect that players have on the court right. and for the game of basketball. Like, I would, I mean, I don't know if I would put Draymond on this list for all decade, but he gets, I would say, like, if they were going to extend to, like, fourth team, maybe, I could see you putting Draymond for on sure. that list, you know, just from how well he's played over the last, you know, five, six years. Right. And the step forward that he's taken and also just changing, again, helping change the game of basketball. Right. You know, but I don't know. It, to me, and Blake Griffin... Man, get out of here, Blake Griffin. <laughs> the dude dunked over a Kia once, and you can't get over it. Oh, he's never, he's never really. Li- he's he's been good, but he's never really. No, lived but it, when, up to- when he when he stopped playing with with Chris Paul, he stopped being as good. Right. And he never. I mean, he had an okay mid range game, but it wasn't anything to like really like write home about. It came too but late. He's, he's still yeah. good though, but. I think, like you mentioned before, like his effect on the team, like, yeah, is not really. There. He's not putting a team over the edge, right? So that hurts him. But he's on second team, so yeah, they Which, must see something we don't see. I don't know. They must have glasses on <laughs> or something, sunglasses. Um, but yeah, I mean, and to me, you can make a case for for Kyrie being on this list. Um, in some respects, is there anyone else that you that you would say over the last decade that? deserves consideration to be on this list or at least maybe like an honorable mention tim duncan yeah he did retire what 2016 was it that he retired yeah i think it was 2016 um 
Yeah, and he, he maintained a, a pretty good all-star level of play up until yeah, 14, 15. He definitely was a vital part of that uh, that run that the, the Spurs were making against the Heat. Yeah. They, they, they got most of it right. There's just like the ones that they got wrong, they really got yeah. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> the first team, I'll tell you, the first team I don't have too much issue with, to be honest. I mean, I, I would like to see someone with a little more uh, defense there on the first team for this decade as opposed to James Harden, you know. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, there the if you were to actually make these like NBA teams, the first team is much better than the other two. But I would argue that third team all decade. If you take like the prime the average of the prime years during these during this stretch, mm-hmm. I take this third team with you know uh, D Wade, Kobe, Giannis, uh, Paul George, and Lamarcus Aldridge. I take that team over the second team all day for sure. You know, with CP, the second team again is uh, Chris Paul, uh, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Melo, and Blake. I mean, that team is getting shellacked by the third team. Like, easy. Easy. So, anyways. Uh, should we talk some football? Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. We're kind of running out of time here, so we <laughs> get into it now. Uh, so, apparently, Ezekiel Elliott has decided that he is not going to play a snap of football this season without a new contract. Now, he does have two years left on his contract, which is you know not the same thing as the Le'Veon Bell situation because Le'Veon Bell just kept getting franchise tagged, so that way they can just pay him for the one year, right. try to compete, and then you know without having to secure him in a long term deal. Right. The thing is, I feel bad for these right, and this is something they have to the, to handle in the collective bargaining agreement uh, the next time it, it comes around uh, is getting some more protections for these running backs because. They're coming into the league with a signing bonus. It's like it's decent. Like the 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 way the contract is structured now. Like if you're a first round running back or a second round running back, you're you're okay financially. But when it comes to the quarterbacks, when it comes to some of these other positions, they have the potential to make more money after that first contract mm-hmm. than running backs do. Running backs. I mean, they lose the, their maximum maximum effectiveness comes in that first three or four years. Right. After that, it kind of goes downhill pretty quickly. Now there are exceptions to the rule. Some you know running backs stay relevant a little longer after their first uh, after their first um, contract. You know, talking about like uh, Adrian yeah, Peterson, yeah. for example. You know, Ladainian Thomas. But these are like all generational talents. You're right. You know. And so when you look at those guys, and I mean, DeMarco Murray had some good years even after uh, you know his first contract when he got that uh, that contract with the uh, with the Eagles, uh, even though he didn't play as well with the Eagles, but he did find some some success with the uh, with the Titans after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to feel for these running backs because they know that after four years of them being run into the ground, no one's going to want to pay them a lot of money for you know three or four years of maybe decent play it's a lot cheaper if you're a team to just see if you can find a decent running back in the draft and then just run that guy into the ground so so what's the solution for this because we gotta look at both sides like if i'm the owner of a team and i know right the stats show that running backs after a certain amount of years 
It's like a car. They depreciate right. a lot more than other positions. Right. So in, it's in my best interest to pay them for those years that they're the most productive. Right. And then have but if they're coming in on their rookie contract, you don't, you're getting a bargain if you're the owner of a team. Right. So if you're a player and you know that this is usually a trend that happens, what are you asking for? What do you, I mean, if I if I'm the players' union, I'm asking for running backs to be the top paid position coming out of the draft. Okay. Ahead of quarterbacks, ahead of wide receivers, ahead of middle linebackers, safeties. Like to me, like if you are a running back, you like you provide so much value, especially like recently where we've seen a pretty good run of running backs that are fundamental Mm -hmm. to their team's success. When you saw uh, Melvin Gordon join the Chargers, the Chargers were not a good team. You know, like they, they had some decent success with Phillip Rivers, but they had some years, you know, after Phillip Rivers was past his prime where they didn't play very well. Mm -hmm. And when Melvin Gordon got to that team, he provided a lot of value and he keeps Phillip Rivers young longer. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not have been that great his first year in the league, but they found a lot of success once they changed up their coaching staff and all that, right? And Melvin Gordon is a vital part of that team. When you look at Zeke, that's that Cowboys team. Could you imagine how bad that offense would be without Ezekiel Elliott? They'd be terrible. Right. Even even after adding Amari Cooper, I don't think they'd be that good. But he was their entire offense for a long time. Look at the Giants last year with Saquon. They run that dude into the ground. He is their entire offense. Right now. Okay. He was good last year with Odell. Odell's not there anymore. Do you think they're going to, who else is going to, half their wide receiver core is injured right now. Corey Coleman's dead. Right. <laughs> you know, like I'm just, you know, they, they've got a lot of injuries on that team. That Saquon is going to get run into the ground. And but he's if, got three, four years of like top level talent and they're going to run him into the ground. But if you know your position is getting run into the ground and you also know that running backs come and go like three years from now, there'll be another one just like you. Right. You don't have much leverage when it comes to. Well, that's why. The, that, yeah. When it comes to the next contract, absolutely. Right. When it comes to the next contract, that's, that's the problem that, that they, that these guys are finding is that they're getting their bodies. They're putting their bodies on the line. The running back position is in my opinion, one of the hardest positions to play in. I mean, it's one of the hardest positions to play in all of sports. So in my about, opinion, how about this? What about longer contracts for running backs? Potentially, potentially, but I think you would still have to bump up what that pay grade is, even if you were to extend out the years that you get that contract for. Like you may be able to like taper it, maybe, right? Or maybe even like backload it. I don't know. I, that was something that that the the CBA, the people who represent the players' union, would have to talk to the players about and talk to some of the financial people you know, some of the experts and, and figure out what would be best for these players. But to me, it's unfair that these players are getting run into the ground. I mean, when you talk like, like sometimes these guys are getting three, 400 touches every season. Right. right? And they're going up against, you know, guys who are six foot five and 300 pounds head first in a lot of cases, you know? And the fact that they're not getting paid after their rookie deal because they these teams just say like oh well we'll just get another younger running back. Well that yeah that's the issue. They're in a tough spot because if they if they demand more money 
somebody's going to say, we'll just wait for the next guy that we know is probably going to come out of the college next year. Right, which is why I'm saying you have to contract. bump up the price for the for the rookies coming out. Because if you're prime years, because the thing is, like when, when you're a quarterback, you get into the league and you're, you're – Paycheck isn't entirely dependent dependent on your athleticism. Like obviously, like there is athleticism involved in like throwing the football and being accurate with the football and eluding pressure and stuff like that. Right. But there's a reason why Tom Brady is considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time, despite running like a six, you know, second forty. Right. Like <laughs> obviously right. it's not that slow, but like you get what I'm saying. You know, you can be effective even if you're not a physical specimen if you're a quarterback. Right. Right. And your prime years when you are when you're a linebacker or a defensive end or a safety or a corner or a wide receiver, you have plenty of prime years left from 27 to 32, 33 years old in a lot of cases, right? So you're able to get that second contract. Whereas when you're a running back, your prime years are from basically like 19 to 23, 24. Right. So it's like a short-term investment for the for the owners for running backs, right? More like long-term for for quarterbacks, so right? That, that does make sense. So you need to pay the, the rookie running backs more, right? In exactly, because if you're gonna pay, if you have to play, because it makes sense to pay a player prime dollars during their prime years. So if your prime years are when you first come into the league, you should get your prime money when you get into the league. But can the so can the players association can they negotiate that for rookies coming out of college? Yeah, or? yeah, that's part of the that's part of the. It's my understanding that when it comes the 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 pay scale for because there is a sliding scale for what pick you are in the draft, right? Right, in terms of like what your paycheck is, and it also is by uh, position, if I'm not mistaken. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's how that works. Um, so. I think, and if it doesn't work like that, then you need to make it so that way running backs specifically are getting um, more money up front as they're coming out of college because that's when their usage rate is the highest. And that's why some of these veterans are, you know, out of the league at, you know, 27, 28 years right. old or coming in or, or Frank Gore has to, you know, run till he's 50 years old because, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's only on these, you know, one and two year deals, you know, I think what, six, seven years in a row now. Yeah. I think I think you need to put more onus on on the players to take that responsibility because if you look at other leagues, their players associations are a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. And what it's going to take for these running backs is it's going to take them all coming together because it can't just be one guy holding out, right? Because they're still just going to say, "All right, we'll just find somebody else." Exactly. If yeah. everyone comes together and says, "Look, we're we're not taking this. We want to get paid this amount," it's it's on them to enforce that because it can't yeah. just be two or three people from a team saying we're holding out, we're not getting paid yeah. because they're going to continue to just pick the cheapest guy. Right. Since they're so easy to pick up. So. Very, very smart move by Zeke to wait till after the draft to say that he wasn't going to play. By the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. That is very well done by him and his but, agent. But nothing's going to get done if it's always just one guy every year doing that. No, exactly. Say, we'll yeah. deal with him as a one-off. That's right. We'll, we'll just not be competitive this year and then we'll draft another guy yeah, yeah. next year. You know? <laughs> Because that's the thing. I mean, and if you're if you're Jerry Jones and you look at the way your roster is constructed now, I mean, your vital pieces are still pretty on. Like Dak obviously needs his new contract this year if you're going to extend him, you know, before hitting the free agency market. Because I think he's a, a free agent after this season. Amari Cooper, same thing. I think he's a free agent after this season. Right. Um. So if you want to lock those two guys up, because Amari Cooper is not very old. I think Amari Cooper is a year younger than I. I think he's 25. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Fun fact: I played against his team in high school, and. Fun fact for you here, and this is a little uh, little braggadocio on my part here, but uh, I played football in uh, in high school, 
and I was uh, third team all county for uh, <laughs> for for Miami Dade County. So listen, okay. you, 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 okay. can, you can snuff a third team all you want. Okay, but third team all county as an offensive lineman, right in high school. And the year that I, this is my senior year, I was 13. The year, the year I was 13, all county, Amari Cooper was playing uh, football for Miami Northwestern. And he was an honorable mention. So at one point, I was better at my position <laughs> than Amari Cooper was at his. What happened, man? What happened? Going on? <laughs> I decided I wasn't going to play football in college. <laughs> Even though I did have uh, some offers to play football oh. in college, but I decided not to play football yeah. anymore. Uh, so. I'm here doing a podcast <laughs> about football. And that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, exactly. God's exactly. plan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, that's the thing. You gotta, you know, the, the chips fall where they uh, where they may. Um, but anyways, I think that, and it, when you talk about going back to the Cowboys, when you talk about their defense too, Leighton Vander Esch, you know, is is proven to be a really solid linebacker. You know, they have a lot of young guys on that team. You know, so. Honestly, if they feel like they can take a year off, I was gonna say in their eyes they seem like they're sitting in a because uh, Jerry Jones like yeah we don't need a, we don't need a rusher to be good and I'm like ah oh, you do if you can if you're gonna try Alfred Morris out there and be decent you're not going to be decent that, yeah. that ground game is gonna be terrible yeah but they could always make a trade also you, you've seen last year that they're not necessarily opposed to making uh, to making trades either and you see that there's a you know uh, you never know you never know. Uh, Kansas City, you know, used yeah, had Kareem Hunt, and obviously the whole thing happened with him, and they brought in Damian Williams, and he was really good too. Right. So, and Damian Williams has bounced around the league for a while. Yeah. Uh, he was a former Dolphin, by the way, FYI. Um, but my greater point being, I, if you're Zeke, you got to hold strong. But I'm also sweating if I'm Zeke, because if they say like, you know what, we'll be bad for a year, they come back. There's a lot of running backs in this next class. Sacrificial pond. And you're out. Yeah. You and at played. that point, they'll just, you, and they have your contract rights. So you're not going to play football. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Because he, he won't accumulate, accum, accumulate, accumulate any years on his contract because he's still got two years left. It's not like, uh, like Le'Veon where, you know, he's a, a franchise tag and they just keep franchise tagging because he has no years left on his contract. He is, he still has two years on his contract. So right now, you know, Jerry owns all the cards right. at this point. <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because that's I mean their team is better their team is a a a solid playoff team with Zeke, mm-hmm. but it really just depends on whether or not Jerry Jones wants to compete this year or wants to run the risk of not competing this year and having to go next year. Yeah, man, these these players got to be smarter about that when they come into the league and they have all that leverage to to say to say so. I think they need to get together and make sure that. Well, that they're looking down the line, especially running yeah. backs, as to how the business is going to be handled. Right. Yeah, I think that falls on the uh, on the players' union, especially. They need to collectively bargain the next agreement, uh, including some protections for for some of these players to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because again, I mean, when you're providing as much value as like Le'Veon Bell did for the Steelers, I mean, they had Antonio Brown last year, mm-hmm. and they had James Conner, who was decent, but he wasn't Le'Veon Brown or Le'Veon Bell, right? Yeah. And they missed the playoffs. Yeah. So that team was a perennial playoff team. I mean, granted, their defense, you know, kind of screwed them over at the beginning of the season last year. But he's a, he was a vital part of that team. And you could see because they missed the playoffs for yeah. the first time in, in a while. So the, the the value of the running back is there. It's just that these they don't want to pay him. You know, so I don't know. We'll see. 
I'm interested to see how this uh, whole situation. I'm 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 very pro player in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I just I love seeing these guys who are putting in the the work. You know, on on a physical level, get paid. You know, because there's no limit to what you know Jason Garrett gets paid. There's no salary yeah. cap for how much you can pay a coach. You just pay him what you pay him. And please believe, however this plays out, there's going to be a huge domino effect. Exactly. Either way it plays out. If yeah. He, if they get if he gets what he wants. Other players are going to be like, yeah, because Melvin, Melvin Gordon's not happy with this contract either. He's he's basically demanding a trade if he doesn't get a, a right. contract rework because again he knows he provides so much value. I mean, and that team has Keenan Allen on it right. and Philip Rivers and and they have a solid defense and so th- they know in the in the Chargers organization that if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, that team goes from being a possible Super Bowl contender to being a not good team. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting to say the least. I'm excited for this football season, even if the Dolphins are not going to be good. <laughs> I've, I've already don't laugh too hard over there, Mister Giants fan. Okay, uh, Mister yeah. Daniel Jones, right. get out of here. <laughs> All your receivers are in hospital beds. <laughs> Saquon's going to have to carry literally entire team on those quads he has that are apparently are so gigantic. Okay, listen, man. We can only I can, we can only get better. Than, we can't get <laughs> any lower. My expectations are so low that like I can only be surprised when the season right. comes. Nick, are you a football fan at all? No. All right. Or do you I have mean, a favorite <laughs> team at least? I can't say I have a favorite team. You know, no, not I'm, a Bucks fan. Nah, nah. I'm not That's a right. default fan. I mean, I used to play Madden. And then, who'd you uh, play with? Did you just play with whatever player you like the best? Or? Atlanta Falcons. I was a I was a uh, Vic fan. Oh, okay. So that's the last time you played Madden, huh? When uh, Vic was playing for the, for the Falcons. Yeah. I, that was my first was ever on, Madden. It was Madden yep, 2004. And yep, he what? Was on the, yeah, he was on I the had cover. Man in '95. Yeah. Well, see, I was a uh, kind of a broke household growing up. Okay. <laughs> I had a, I, the first console I ever had was a GameCube. Really? Yeah, I had like a Game Boy. You didn't have a Sega. Or I had a Sega. Uh, I played uh-huh. Sonic. Oh, no. I don't have an more to come back. Either. I don't. I don't know if it was because my parents didn't have a lot of money, or if they didn't like video games. So or you never, you never blew a cartridge. before. No, I, I did, but only oh. when I went to like friends' houses. And even though I, I never <laughs> played Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, I never had one. No. Oh. I would like go to other friends' houses and play, and I was yeah. never good. They would always yeah. kick my butt at every game because they had it and I didn't have else. it. Yeah. And Super Mario. Listen, I I know the games are good. I played them for like an hour at a time when I would go to a friend's house, and that was it. <laughs> you know, like my buddy, uh, my best friend growing up had uh, an N sixty four. Pokemon Stadium was my joint. That was good. I loved that game because poke everybody was already obsessed with Pokemon. Yeah, you, you oh yeah. Bring it to like three D. Exactly. We, we can get in the stadium. Uh huh. Yeah, Pokemon Stadium. I loved Pokemon Stadium. What else did I really like? I liked uh, Super Smash Bros. Of course, that's that's a classic. Yeah, it's still uh, Super Mario sixty four. I think those are. I can't remember playing many more games than that. I don't. I never played the Zelda series. That wasn't uh, something I ever got into. Is is Mario the best video game ever? Franchise probably. As far as the whole franchise, yeah. I would say so. I mean, if you had to like, if you had to do power rankings according to like like staying power in a franchise and like being like just like putting out hits like time after time like i mean my the what is it i played paper mario for like gamecube and that was a killer game like all the like every mario game i've played has always been really good yeah you know top to bottom even like mario party i don't know did you ever play mario party what's the 
premise of that game. It's like it's almost like a board game, but like with like. Oh yes, I did. Yeah, it's yes, fun. Sir. It's oh, so fun, yes, dude. Sir. I'm telling you. Are you serious? I'm telling That's you. That's probably one of the best. If you've best never games played it, you are missing out. I played like uh, <laughs> for spring break my freshman year of college. My buddy Kyle came to my house, and we played Mario Party Five, which I think at that point was like probably like eight or nine years old, and we played it for like most of spring break. Isn't that where uh, you said you you said it was board game and it's like one person kind of rolls, rolls, yeah, rolls that yeah, dice that was, exactly, and then whenever they move to whatever game you play next, whatever game they mm-hmm. land on the whole the everyone whole team, has to play. everyone yeah, has yeah. to play. Yeah, exactly. That game's dope. Yeah, you gotta collect stars. Oh, it is the best. Hey, if anybody has a Nintendo sixty four with that game, uh, yeah. Well, they have they have new ones for the for the Switch and everything. I, I just played the the most recent Mario Party and it was actually really fun. Yeah, buddy Nick to, has it. I have to play that one. Yeah, you brought best of memories. Yeah, it's and you can turn it into a drinking game really easy. I'm like, yeah, I'm not into a drink. That's right. true. <laughs> That's true. But it's fun though, honestly, because like, yeah, you do like you know, oh, if you, if someone else gets a star, everyone has to like finish their drink. If you know someone wins a mini game, then everyone else has to like take a drink. If you land on like, yeah, it's like a bunch of like rules. I'm gonna you look into it. I'm telling you, it's so fun. Like honestly, like I thought about getting is a it, Switch. Just I was to gonna play ask you, is it, game. you think a Switch is worth it to get one? My buddy has it and he likes it a lot, but I already have an Xbox and I sound like I'm like running out of games to play on the Xbox. So for me, it's like, I don't need it. So I haven't got it yet. If I got but, it as a gift, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. hundred percent. I'd be, I'd be pretty stoked for it if I got it as a gift. Cause that's the thing. It comes with like two controllers already. Like, mm-hmm. cause the, the way it works is you have like, it's like a handheld and you have one side that has like the, like each side can be converted to an like, individual controller. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's really fun. Um, I'm telling you, Mario Party Mario Party is is pretty pretty great. Love Anyways, we are uh an hour and ten minutes into this podcast, basically. Oh yeah. We have gone a little off the rails, very distracted. <laughs> I think that uh that uh that all decades talk really because <laughs> yeah. we went off on a lot of tangents there. But uh, if you're nope. still with us, thank you very much for listening to uh, another episode of the somewhat sports podcast. I like to take this opportunity to, uh, to give our good friend, Nick Williams of Florida, talk about everything he's got going on. Cause he started a great new business. Uh, what do you got going on, my man? Uh, right now, uh, in April, I actually filed the paperwork to start my own LLC for uh, basketball and mentorship called, uh, bigger than me LLC. Um, basically the goal is to push kids to have the confidence to do whatever they want in life, not just basketball, you know, work you know conversations friends anything you do you know you got to have the confidence to do it right now um before i get into that one of my favorite quotes is in order to be great you must first be uncomfortable and right now uh, i'm in one of those uh modes right now where i'm not one to have many people listen to me if there are many people out here shout out to john um (laughs) you know but that's one of the things that i like to teach and i like to give you know um confidence to anybody who may be lacking it or someone who just may not be comfortable with themselves and so far I'm doing well uh, I train uh, a couple of times a week uh, you can check out you know my website bigger than me.co uh, don't put com I have no idea what will come up bigger than me.co <laughs> and uh, you can reach out to me um, leave a message let me know if you have any ideas um, yeah thank you, you John. Instagram Instagram is uh who it's bigger underscore bigger than underscore. underscore me LLC yeah yeah, yeah. bigger <laughs> underscore than underscore me LLC yeah I yeah. made I made that really quick there you go. and um 
if you want to find me on Facebook, same thing, Bigger Than Me, LLC. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the uh, on the podcast, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. No, uh, no, Bubby Johnson this week. Hopefully, he'll be back uh, next week. Fingers crossed for that. But you did a, a fantastic job in the interim, my friend. And uh, John, uh, you want to plug your your own Twitter or uh, not your Twitter, your Instagram, since you don't have a Twitter. <laughs> I just gave up on the Twitter. I do have a Twitter, but I, you can't reach me on there because I won't find it. Um, <laughs> Instagram is JL Williams Five. That's the best place to reach me and of course the somewhat sports account also yeah yeah at somewhat sports gmail.com also on the uh, on the email and uh, you can follow me on instagram and twitter at john dennis radio it's j-o-n dennis radio thank you so much for joining us for another episode of somewhat sports again don't forget to uh to send us your uh, you know what sucks ideas and uh, we'll be sure to read those uh on the on the podcast for sure and of course give you credit we would hate to uh to do that without giving you any credit so yeah go ahead and do that tag us on instagram tag us on facebook or send us a dm or whatever you know instagram i don't care doesn't matter please uh, also uh rate review and subscribe to the podcast uh if you haven't already uh it means uh a lot to us <laughs> it could be uh the difference between uh you know no one ever seeing our podcast ever again and uh, us being the best thing uh, on podcasts. So please do that if you, if you haven't already. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch you next week.